You're listening to another great podcast yep. in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 494, a month later. <laughs> uh, I'm Tim Robertson. I'm joined by David Cohen. And uh, hey, David, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Well rested. Just back from vacation, so that was nice. So you got about three, four days before the COVID symptoms hit? No, Alexander's come down with it already. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> so this I'm morning. not, not going to laugh about it when your kid no. gets it. No, it's well. He's you know he's twenty now, so he's not quite a kid. He's still your kid. He's still my kid. Yeah, I didn't say he, a kid. I said your kid. Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I mean, he he worked in the museum yesterday. He could have picked it up there. Um, no, nobody else. We all tested this morning, and nobody else has it. So, um, you know, look, everyone likes to pretend it's gone away. It hasn't. Uh, they're so, talking about uh, summer surge here again in in the states, and yeah, uh, well, they're talking about surges here as well. And with 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 us, it's always the autumn and then the winter peak, and um, that's when the health service gets strained the most. But as far as I'm aware, there's no plans to reboost vaccinations or anything like that. Everyone in, including the government, has decided it's just not there anymore. That's um, kind of what I'm hearing here too. They're pretending yeah. that it's kind of disappeared, and there's no new boosters, and federal money for shots have gone away, and. Uh, look, that, that's that's fine if the science and the scientists Support are saying, it. oh, well, right. if, if you've already been vaccinated, then you don't need a booster. If that's the case, then that's fine. But I haven't heard anyone say that either. Mm-mm. I just heard, you know, oh, we're not going to do anything. And that's a bit, um, it's not reassuring. And no. Particularly as we're having our, um, the government is having the COVID response inquiry at the moment. And um, Yeah, I've been watching a little bit of that on LRM on YouTube yeah, with you guys. Yeah, and it's, and it's um, yeah, it's not good. No. <laughs> Their the principal strategy to start with was how many body bags do we have? That's not a good sign. No, that's pretty bad. Although they say the new strains coming out aren't very strong compared to the yeah, initial. Which, and that the shots that we what, get are... Yeah very effective of making it more like cold symptoms exactly but again i if somebody with a science degree who um doesn't have a political vested interest stands up and says that i'd be much more reassured but we haven't got we haven't had that yet so um well i had someone talk i was talking to someone about this just two days ago three days ago and uh they're like and i i kind of made it sound like this could be serious again and he's like do you want to go back to wearing masks like it's like that's yeah, well, I was like, yeah. yes, I, I absolutely if, want to go back to wearing masks because that was so if, much freaking fun. If the if the option though, if the choices are wearing masks or everybody getting really sick and a lot of people dying again, then I'll take the mask. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's not like it's it's not like we were we were all told that oh, you've got to cut your left arm off. Well, this you know? person made it sound like the the worst thing that we had was the masks. And yeah, that's right. It's like, not, no, not, that was not the hundreds of thousands of deaths. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and all the people who've got long COVID or, or have got, um, you know, follow on symptoms from being so seriously ill. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I suspect we're going to see an epidemic of heart and lung diseases over the next 20 years as a fallout from COVID. Cause so many people will have had those damaged by COVID infection yeah. and then they will get, what appears to be non-related heart and lung conditions over the next few years. Yeah. You know? God damn, we take a month off, we come back with a super pumped up show. Yeah, that's right, you know. <laughs> you started <So>, it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I really did. So, uh, cool news, I am going later today to pick up a M1 MacBook Air 13 uh, yeah. for work. And as David, you know, um, I did switch dealerships. I am no longer... 
at the uh, older dealership. I am now at a new dealership. So selling the same product, but it's 10 minutes away instead of, you know, 40 or an hour in bad weather. So, well, you see the swings and roundabouts for that, because obviously a 10 minute commute is much nicer, but on the downside, you will listen to far fewer podcasts. than Um, I listen to audiobooks in the car mostly, but yes, you are correct. And that is actually a thing because I was right in the middle of one that was 48 hours altogether. No, 68 hours altogether. Yeah, and I'm really enjoying I, uh, it, and I'm getting it in bite-sized installments. But here's the positive: I can drive home for lunch. I was getting DoorDash right. and uh, all that right, crap way too much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gas alone in my Sequoia, I was filling up twice a week. I filled up a week and a half ago, and I still have yeah. three quarter uh, quarter of a tank. Yeah. So it's it's going to be saving me money long term and short term. Um, yeah. I get to spend more time with Julie here at home, and in bad weather. Instead of a 10-minute drive, it's a 15-minute drive. I mean, yeah, I, I could tell you, you just don't know the stress that it puts on someone when they have to drive through really bad, snowy, icy weather 30, for uh, 35 miles. Right. Uh, if you yeah. take the highway, you're right next to the semis who are going way too fast for bad conditions. Yeah. And if you go the back way, they haven't been plowed. Now I'm in Sequoia, and I can put it in 4x4 mode, and I get right through it. But yeah. ICE doesn't care if you're in 4x4 mode. No, well, uh, you may remember that uh, getting on for 10 years ago now, um, I drove into an ice storm with the family, and we rolled the car, and I broke my back. So, yeah, um, yeah, I remember yeah. the pictures of you and that big body cast. And exactly. We were yeah, doing so tech fan at the time. We were, yeah. So I, um, I am not a fan of bad weather in, mm-hmm. in the car and i like you i also hate the fact that 80 percent of the people on the road just pretend it's not there yes. and carry on as normal it's um, not me that i'm worried about in bad weather it's all the others yeah exactly because if somebody has a crash in front of you there's very often nothing you can do to stop hitting it which no. is the which is the problem yeah so um yeah i'm kind of with you there and i've got to be honest i mean i drove back from southampton to manchester on friday when the ship docked and normally we get off the ship about 8 a.m. Uh, and get away as quickly as we can because it's only about a 230-mile drive. But um, if you hit traffic, uh, it you know there's lots of places where you can get snarled up in traffic. On yeah. That. This this time because the ship the ship was delayed in and because we have a supermoon um, just a couple of days before it affected the tides, which meant that they could not offload a lot of the um, cargo straight away because the ship was too low in the water yeah so we didn't get away till 10 o'clock and that made all the difference so we didn't get we didn't get home until five (laughs) so that was a really long day of just driving and you know even even in my modern car that has you know radar cruise control and virtually drives itself all you have to do is steer even if you get into a, a a traffic jam it stops and starts for you that was tiring i was wiped out when i got back yeah it's um, just the stress and that, of being and that, in heavy traffic and yeah it's just exactly and that's without wet that's even without weather so yeah um, like when we went yeah. to new york it's only a 10 and a half hour drive non-stop but of course i'm going to stop so just say 12 hours man I, I, the day we went we actually got to the hotel and then walked down to Times square which yeah. is about a 10 minute walk and I was pumped simply for the kids to and Julie to experience Times Square. They'd never seen it before. So I'm running on pure adrenaline, but man, I crashed hard that night at the hotel. Yeah. Just, I was out. Something about driving, the stress and the ugh. Well, also as well, we're older now. And um, yeah. it, this, this, the, the background stress, it you know, it 
takes a toll on 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 the older body i think the young kids just kind of uh, you know you're in 20s you just shrug it off you don't really notice it but uh, well the last time we chatted you were talking about going on this vacation and yeah. you said you were going to get a new i think it was a garmin watch i can't remember yeah now. that's right yeah and um and i did and uh one of the reasons i've been able to talk about stress a little bit is because the watch has been monitoring my stress levels and watching them come down the whole time um which has been quite interesting um you know i've been doing the sleep tracking on it and everything and the reason i can do that is because the gut so this is a garmin phoenix 6s and it's it's one of their smaller ones it's also a couple of generations old now i think but it does everything most of the current ones do um and it's it's designed to be fitness tracker first, smartwatch second. Um, that's where they focus their priorities, and and consequently, it has a screen that uh, is not backlit all the time, but is very visible when you've got good lighting, um, color, but not vibrant color. But the thing is, with all of that, that means that the battery life is seven days. Wow! With sleep tracking. And I tell you, coming from an Apple Watch to have a watch you don't need to think about charging for over a week is incredible. It's just like you know. I really wish the Apple Watch was like this. Obviously, Apple has Apple's um, idea is to make the uh, Apple Watch uh, effectively a mini iPhone on your wrist, and then it does all of these things like sleep, like um, tracking and health, and all other things as part of those functions. But its its primary function is to be an, a good Apple device on your wrist. Garmin is saying what we want to provide is a good fitness tracker on your wrist that also has smart tracking function so i'm not dinging either of them for that but yeah it was nice also what i noticed this thing is that it, it will monitor i think the list is about 40 45 different at sports activities i mean there's everything on there skiing running um interval running hill running there's I, all these things are, you know most of which i never do i mean it's, it's completely wasted on me but um the fact that it can do all of that just shows you um, Garmin's approach is to integrate all of that functionality into the watch. It pairs to your phone, but actually it relies on onboard processing for the watch to analyze all that activities. So unlike an Apple Watch, which will track my sleep, sleep is, is sleep and stress are the two things I was particularly interested in. Um, track my sleep, the Apple Watch, and it will give me a summary at the uh, begin at the beginning of the day of the different types of sleep I've had. You know, light sleep, deep sleep. REM sleep, which is dreaming, uh, what they call core sleep, which I think is just kind of, um, you know, background, non, you know, regular type of sleep. It gives you that breakdown, but it doesn't tell you what any of that data means. Whereas the Garmin, it gives you that same breakdown just as accurately, but then it tells you what it means. It, it gives you a score and it says, um, well, this is this is what was good about your sleep. This is not what's good about your sleep for last night. Here's what it might do for you today in terms of making you feel drowsy, uh, your energy might be lower, perhaps you, your brain might be sh not be as sharp. And here's what you can do to try and improve it for tomorrow night. So, and, and it does all of that for standard. You can get that data on an Apple Watch, but you have to buy a third-party app to do that and normally pay a subscription. Hmm. So the fact that it does all of that, and, and so I'm, I'm quite sure that if you are a, a hill hiker, um, it will give you data about your hill hikes and it will give you some commentary on, on the type of hill hiking you did and what it meant for you. Um, whereas the Apple Watch, again, would not. The the Garmin has mapping built in, just like the Apple Watch, but it doesn't rely on the phone. All the maps are there in the watch, including, because it's a sports watch, topographical maps. So if you do do hiking, you've got contours on there, you've got paths as well as roads. 
Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot more comprehensive than, what, than, again, what Apple does because it's not relying on the phone. It's got it all built in. So there's a lot of real things to like about the Garmin. And in terms of the notifications and the calendar and all of that, apart from the fact that it's read-only because it, it has no inputs, it only has buttons on the side, it doesn't have a touchscreen. So you can't interact with it like you can with an Apple Watch. But all of the notifications are there. So I would say to anybody who's really into exercise and fitness, if you're more into that on your on an um, and you're looking at a smart device, if, if that's your primary focus, I would say that one of these devices will be well worth a look over an Apple Watch mm. because with the Apple Watch, you've got that short battery life and you've also got this, this thing that the data it gives you is fine, but it, it's not very deep. It's like many things, Apple. It's It's not very deep and you have to buy third-party apps to get the best out of it. And those third-party apps cost subscription money, whereas the Garmin doesn't. So, you know, uh, but that battery life, man, is sweet. If they had an Apple Watch that had even five days of battery life, that would be amazing. Yeah, I never wear my Apple Watch at night. Number one, I'm kind of a side sleeper, and that would be uncomfortable. But regardless regardless of that, it, my battery would be dead in the morning, and I'd have to charge it before I can go to work. And so what's yeah, the point? That- that's that's what I'm finding because obviously having had sleep tracking for two weeks, I thought, well, let's. I've got my Apple Watch back on now. I thought, let's let's see how that is on the Apple side, and it's a pain in the ass because yeah. I go to bed with my watch on, um, and uh, sleep, and I get up in the morning, right, and my my watch is about. I've got a, a Series Seven, my watch is about fifteen percent. So I then now don't get me the Series Seven is one of the ones that uses their smart their faster charging, and I have a faster charging puck. So I can stick it on the charger before I get in the shower. Yeah, and it takes um, about a half hour to charge it up fully. Yeah, yeah. And, and then get dressed, and then it's most of the way there. But the thing is, you know what's easier than that is not having to do it at all. Yes. <laughs> so I, I really want to see um, Apple put some work into that. Um, and you know what? If they change the screen technology and it wasn't quite as good, but um, you got better battery life, that would be a trade-off I'd be interested in. Hmm. Um because I'm not a huge fitness freak, I don't think I would wear the Garmin all the time. Um, but I will keep it for when I go away because I hate having to carry Apple chargers and charge my watch. You know, with, with traveling with with everyone's got a smartphone, then the kids have normally got consoles and that sort of thing as well. Juggling charges is bad enough as it is. Having to do your watches as well is just too much for me. So uh, I will keep the Garmin for when I travel. So is that um, the only I, tech that you brought with you that was new? It's not no. I I had a um, I had a new tablet that I bought on Amazon Prime Day, which was the Fire Max Eleven. Yeah, this, this is is kind of the upgrade from the Fire Ten that they yeah, had for a while. This is the first one that I I would say Amazon have made something that's closely competitive to an entry level iPad. Um, two hundred fifty bucks. Two hundred fifty bucks. It was half price on Prime Day. Wow. So. Uh, yeah, I got it for a steal. And and for the money I paid for it, it is absolutely probably one of the best bargains I've ever bought because it's a really good tablet. It's nowhere near as good as an iPad. But you know what? It's as good as a good Android tablet. And if you look at the good Android tablets, they're much more expensive. They're normally about four, five hundred. Uh, and what's an entry-level iPad nowadays? I think it's at 329 for the, yeah. the ninth gen if you want the current gen with um, – you know, with uh, with all the latest stuff, the one that's I've seen kind of last like the gen at two fifty. So yeah, I mean, that's right. Yeah. So um, you know, 
at half price and it's i would imagine amazon always puts all their devices on keep sale talking david i gotta step away for one second okay so if you are in the market for an amazon tablet it's always worth waiting for the sales because you will get them for money off they do refurbish ones in the, as a any, anywhere as well but anyway the farmax 11 as its name implies it's an 11 inch tablet it's kind of taller and thinner than the ipad um, because it's got a 16 by 9 or 16 by 10 screen. It's optimized really for landscape use for watching movies. Um, but, you know, it works. It, it, it basically functions the same way as any other Fire tablet, just without any of the stutters and delays, and it has a much nicer screen. It's got a 2K screen on it. Nice and bright. Um, the form factor is light. It's made of metal on the back rather than plastic. It feels like a nice tablet. Uh, has a fingerprint sensor on the power button, which is 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 nice. Um, yeah, it was it's really good. Uh, it comes with either 64 or 128 gig, but you can put an SD card in it, unlike with an iPad. So storage is not a problem. And obviously it runs Amazon's Fire OS, which is kind of a fork of Android. Um, it's, it's fine. Um, it has obviously all the Amazon stuff very tightly integrated into it, and that works really well. If you want to use um, Netflix or Disney Plus or that sort of thing, that also works fine. Anything they have on their app store works fine. What it doesn't have is any Google services, so you can't use the Google Play Store. But I found out it's actually trivial if you want to install um, a Google app on there, a, a non uh, something that's not on Amazon store it's easy there are several websites out there that basically every mirror everything that comes from the Google store and allow you to just go to them click on them on one of these devices and it will install it locally so I added Bitwarden for password management and um, a couple of video players as well that I've used in the past um, and it was really good um, it worked really well the battery life I'd say is Perhaps a little less than an iPad, but not much. The only downside I would I found for it was um, two things. First of all, the the case I've got for it it's not the official Amazon case because they're stupid expensive. So it's like a knockout. It's like a third party case. And the case I've got um, to have the the cover on the side I like to hold the um, the the tablet means that the power button with the fingerprint sensor is on the bottom. Yeah, that's how is, I always hold my iPad yeah, as well. Yeah, which is is a little bit awkward um, if you don't like that. Uh, and then the only other the only thing I really didn't like about it, the only other thing I would ding it for, is that it charges really slowly, even on a quite a powerful charger. Uh, it takes five four or five hours to get a full charge, which is kind of ridiculous, you know. That's um, on the fast charger. That's that was on a, a yeah I was on using a USB C cable on a sixty watt USB C charger. Wow! It just basically takes the default, nothing more, um, and that means that it charges pretty slowly. So that's the only thing I would ding it for. I don't have a keyboard for it. I didn't. Amazon sells a custom keyboard. I'm not interested in doing work on this. It runs um, all the Microsoft apps. So if you do want to do that, um, it's fine. Um, I do have Outlook on there to check my email, but um, it's not really. I didn't really buy it as a as a, a working device. I, I bought it really as an entertainment device, and it was fantastic for that. I watched loads of um, Disney shows. I watched loads of Netflix shows. I I read books on it from my kin from Kindle. I read two or three books on it. Um, I read a whole load of comics as well using a comic reader. Uh, I talked about that before I went away. Um, yeah, it was it's really good. Certainly for the money, if if you can get it fifty percent off, it's an absolute steal because you're getting a very premium device for not very much at all at 250 
I'd say it's not it's 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 still good value, but it's not fabulous value um, because then you've got the options, as you say, of looking at an older generation iPad or something like that um, to uh, to to look at as well. But if you want something new with a warranty, um, probably still worth a look. So I also got a new tablet. Mm-hmm. I'd had the um, I think it's a ten point nine whatever it was ten point three. Uh, iPad Pro from three and a half, four years ago. It's so ridiculous yeah. how we're in this situation where you can't tell the iPads apart now. I know. From the, any of them for the last five years, you slap one down in front of somebody and they'll go, they'll also go into settings to figure out which one it is. Well, <laughs> the thing was, Julie had a Mac or a um, an Air. Is it yeah. Air? Yeah, an Air. Yeah. And I think it was 32 gigs. And yeah. she was doing design stuff on it for her Cricut. And she kept running out of room. She couldn't save yep. enough stuff to the camera roll. And, and that's an actual... I can't just go and add RAM to it. No. But I've been thinking about updating mine for a while. And so... And we discussed it here on the show. So yep. I finally said, well... And then what kind of kicked it over the top is Cole saying that he wants to start reading comic books. Right. And he's got an iPad, but I think it's a third generation iPad. Yeah. It had been in his room unplugged for the last four years. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I, I charged it up, and it took three days to charge it. I'm like, this thing's dead. Yeah. Um, so we did the old hand-me-down game. Yeah. So Julie got my iPad Pro. Cole got her iPad Air because he's just yeah. reading comics. He's yeah. he's going to play some games on it, but he won't play too many games on it. He's yeah, got... the, the iPad Air has always been you know, a substantial step up from the base-level iPad. Yes. So, you know, those those have some life in them because of that. So he's got that, and I got the uh, 12.9-inch iPad Pro Wi-Fi only, 256 gigs. I also got the smart keyboard and a regular case, you know, the iPad case. Right. So so when you say this, again, because the n- names are so confusing, the smart keyboard, so this is the one where it kind of folds out and it kind of hovers Yes, and it and yeah, so that's right. So it's the heavier one. Not it's not the, the they do one called a folio that Alexander has that's like the case built in with the keyboard. No, this is the Magic Keyboard. Right. Yep. Okay, the Magic Keyboard. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And it pulls power from the iPad itself. Yeah. Do the little magnetic things, and um, I actually like the keyboard. It, it works extremely well. I had it sitting yeah. on the deck with the keyboard connected to it because it's a stand, and it holds it up off the you know off the ground yeah. or off the table a little bit and i can angle it um but better yet i can then use the tr- the trackpad and the keyboard it's the closest you're going to get to a laptop when it comes to yeah. the ipod ipad like it's not a laptop people say well this is finally a replacement no it's not no um <laughs> it's not <laughs> but it is more convenient in a situation like that instead of touching the screen the whole time yeah. um just yeah. to use the cursor and you know, the trackpad and it, it, does it work? Absolutely. Um, I will say that the performance of this thing is stupid compared to what I'm used to. Uh, yeah. it, it is way faster, you know, but yeah, but it, again, we've got this thing. It's cause so it's got the same M one processor in as your MacBook air. Yeah. And yet it's much less functional because of the operating system. Yes. And it's just stupid that, it's so limited because of the operating system, yeah. and in fact, it has a laptop chip in it. It's just, it's. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm the same. I've got. I'm talking to you on my iPad um, Pro now, my 13 inch, uh, 12. No, not the 13, the 11. Uh, my, I've got an M1 in here. 
uh, and it's it's wasted. Yeah. I mean, it's it's literally like buying a Ferrari and leaving it in first gear all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, unless you're using it for iPad specific things, it's wasted. Um, yeah, I read comics all the time on my iPad, and holy crap, reading on the ten compared to the twelve inch, it's there's no comparison. Yeah, it, yeah. it's so much better. Browsing the internet, so much better. Um, watching videos is amazing on there. I mean, it it, it rivals anything else. I mean, it really does. Yeah. It's it's right yeah. there. I'm happy with the purchase. Um, you know, I spent all together, what, 1300 bucks for this thing with the mm-hmm. keypad and the case. And um, Apple was uh, delayed delivering it. I wasn't happy about that. But what are you going to do? Yeah. But I, yeah. I'm happy with it. I, I, I have no complaints. Yeah, I just, you know, every year you watch WWDC and you hope that they've kind of opened the floodgates to um, make the iPad more functional. And it's every every year it's just little baby steps. And don't get me wrong. I mean, the I think everyone goes on about multitasking. I think the multitasking story for the iPad is kind of fixed now. You can have two apps side by side and then have a third third one slide in and... I can't see a situation where most people need more than three apps at once, but the file handling is terrible. Um, the, it won't do background audio, so you can't record podcasts on it or anything like that. There's so many restrictions where you just go, you know, it's moving to even today, moving data between different apps is such a kludgy thing. Yep. Um, what it and, needs is uh, a finder. Well, yeah, but it needs. Not even that, because they they would say, "Oh, it has a finder." But the thing is, you go into files. I mean, I I did this. I did this before I went away. I was trying to find any old video that I had that I wanted to watch while I was away. That you know, and um, I found stuff kind of hidden away in the file structure that I didn't know was there. Yeah, because you can't see it, and and it's so confusing because you go into iCloud Drive or on my iPad, and they look identical. <laughs> yeah, and yet one might have stuff in it that the other one doesn't. And you can't find it. It's incredible. You know, everything is surfaced as big icons. And if you turn it turn it to a list, you can't see the whole file names because it's truncated. It's just, you know, it's it's, it's like my first finder. Yes. And and it's been like that for years. And you just think, for God's sake, you guys know what a proper desktop operating system looks well, like. Well, their argument Put would a, be then just get a MacBook. What do you, why well, are you bothering well, yeah, doing no, all that on an iPad? But I, I have a MacBook. But sometimes I want to use my iPad and I have an iPad that has the same chip in it as my MacBook. So why don't you make the iPad better instead of telling me to use a different device? Because many people who are Apple customers buy both of them. So it's not even like keeping one one set of customers away from the other platform or, um, you know, driving sales or anything like that. It's just about so many of us have both of them and they're frustrated that the iPad is effectively kneecapped and can't do simple things that computers have been able to do for 20 years. You used to be able to record streaming audio or, or microphone audio on a Mac back when it came out, <laughs> you know, and here we are. We've got something that, that literally is a supercomputer compared to that, and it can't do that function just because Apple hasn't got around to or decided ideologically they don't want to write the software for it, yeah. you know. They it is really frustrating. Want, yeah, what they should do is they should have a – they should start a new OS – and it should be you just should just be able to switch between it. And the new one is is kind of like a desktop operating system. And then the old one is still the remaining iOS version. And then and then people could switch between what they wanted, but they won't. So there you go. That will never happen. No. It goes against their DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Because because they're courageous. 
But if you use the <laughs> iPad as an iPad, as is meant to be, yeah. it's a it's a brilliant tablet. It is the tablet. There, oh, absolutely. There, nothing yeah. no, else comes close. No argument with me. But you you know you just spent thirteen hundred dollars on a thing that's so that makes it more expensive than the MacBook Air. Uh, yes. And it has the same innards as the MacBook Air, and yet is not as functional as a MacBook Air. So that is just kind of frustrating. But um, I guess that's the world we live in. Yeah, but if I want to read comics on a MacBook Air, it's not really... Yeah. I, you can't. I mean, you can, but you, you really yeah, can't. Yeah, but in that case, that's fine. Then don't put M1 chips in. <laughs> you know, don't, don't dangle the possibility of these things, you know, effectively being far more capable if somebody opened the floodgates, yeah, and make them cheaper. Well, cheaper would be, uh, I would like that. That'd be okay in my book. Yeah. <laughs> Especially seeing as I'm spending another $750 today. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean. It, well, no, we, but we just had this conversation because yeah. before the show, you're, you told me you're empl- they've given you a Surface Pro, which you don't like, and your employer said, well, if you don't like that, you can have an iPad. Yep. Yeah. And you said, yeah, I can't do my job on an iPad. Well, to be fair, what I'm going to be doing in the system isn't what most salesmen are doing. I'm going yeah. in there and cleaning up stuff like our, um, when I say cleaning up, I'm, I'm going to change a lot of our automated processes, including emails and templates and stuff like that, that I don't care which device I'm on, whether it's an iPad or the Surface Pro, the screen is just too freaking small to be able to do that effectively. Um, so yeah. I was doing it at home, at home here on the big 30-inch screen, but, you know, I don't get paid for it to do it at home when I'm... Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> But, but the, you know, this is the thing. The Surface Pro might have a small screen and all of that, but it is a full Windows computer. Yeah, well, it's way more... Fu- for, <laughs> yeah. for work, it's way more functional than the yeah. iPad would be. Exactly. I mean, my you first know. inclination is, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have an iPad. But then three seconds later, I'm like, eh, you know what? No, I think I would rather have Because every time you, you just want to do that one thing that the iPad can't do, yeah. and then you have to start jumping through hoops, your productivity is taking a dive. Yeah. And and that's that's the that's the issue with the iPad is that, you know, it's a pro-level device with pro-level innards. But every time you come against one of those rough edges, you as you spend 10, 15 minutes trying to figure out how to do what you want to do. And then uh, every time you do it, you're kind of gracing on yourself thinking this is just so stupid. And, uh, you know, I know the apologists who, who love the iPad will go, oh, you can just write a shortcut to do all of that for you. And it's just like, yeah, I don't want to be – the difference is I've got a Surface Pro. I don't need to be a programmer to use it. Correct. Uh, yeah, you know, and and don't get me wrong, I love the iPad. I absolutely love the iPad, and it's still the computer I use most of the time. But anytime I want to, you know, for instance, later on today, I'm going to be processing all the photos from my uh, trip, and I've got Lightroom on the iPad. But I tell you, I'm not going to be doing it on there. I'm going to get a, a, a laptop out and do it on there because Here, it's here's much the thing: easier. we have enough power and and theoretically enough storage on something like a phone now where you can have yeah. a, a terabyte of storage on your phone if they really wanted to that you could have multiple operating systems for different environments so you get to work and it connects to your screen wirelessly because we already have that capability um yeah. connects to your keyboard and mouse and now you're it it's it's a terminal basically yeah you're using your phone it's automatically connected to the work environment so it knows the printers that are there it knows all the shared drives yeah. You could do that right now with your phone. 
but uh, they just haven't done it. Well, the well, only it, ha- it has been has been done a couple of times. Windows Windows Phone did that. Yeah, well, um, poorly. But nobody but they bought did. Windows Phone. Right. Samsung has a system called Dex that does that. that yeah, in certain no quarters is quite popular. Yeah, but, but yeah, nobody uses it. That's the problem. Right. But because it hasn't rolled out on the major brands, if no, if, uh, I think as well that this. One of the problems with phones is everyone, even if it's a corporate device, everyone reviews their phone as personal. Yep. And they, they get all that personal stuff on there. And so a lot of people don't want to use their phone for big work stuff. Even but you can have a work phone. You could have two phones. You can have your personal phone yeah. and your work phone. Yeah. But I've, I've, as somebody who's done some phone management for my company, um, you know, there, there are two classes of people. There, there are the one class of people who say, um, my phone is personal. I never want anything work related to touch it. Yeah, and then but then they'll go, but yeah, but I, I, I don't want to, I don't want a separate to carry two phones, you know. And they'll, they'll go, why can't you just let me use my phone for myself, and that I choose what business things I do on it or not? And it's for security reasons you can't do that nowadays. Correct. So you say you either use the company phone for company stuff, um, and if you don't want it, fine, you don't have a phone. But what you can't do is, uh, or you can have your own phone just for phone calls, but you can't access corporate data on it. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to carry two phones. You know, well, it's just like, well, fine. Then have the corporate phone and, you know, don't worry so much about your personal data on it because we aren't interested. But uh, it's, a, it's a big hurdle to jump for some people. It's huge. You know? I mean, and I yeah. get it, too. Yeah. I, I totally understand why some people simply wouldn't want that. I get it. But, man, you, it doesn't make sense that we have such powerful devices now. And we can't use them in ways that the technology is already there. Yeah. Um, and the power is already there. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. You can... Go ahead. I was going to say the current iPhone chips, for, for example, are pretty much as powerful. They're not yeah. far behind an M1. No. Yeah. The M1 itself, yes, obviously, is the flagship chip, but, the, but yeah... You, Current gen, particularly the pro phones, this year's pro phones aren't that far behind an M1 in terms of performance. They are probably RAM constrained, but but that could be fixed because RAM is not expensive. No. Um, and on the Android side, it's typical because of the way Android works for those phones to have 12, getting up to 16 gigs of RAM now. So they have more. You know, that's the thing. You you have it. It's in some respects the argument we're making with the iPad, but it's even worse with an iPhone or an, or a Samsung phone. Is that those devices are often more powerful than the computer that you interact with for work day by day? Oh, and not most they, most of the time it is because yeah. most business computers haven't been updated in years. Yeah, and your phone's two years old or one year old. Exactly. And yeah, it's got more RAM. It's but so many corporate environments, or dealerships that are good at it, it simply. It's all web-based. You, you can yeah. have a very inexpensive computer sitting there or a Surface or an iPad and do everything you need to do because it's all web-based. Yeah. All yeah. you have to be able to do is print. Really, that's if you could print and everything could print, yeah. it's not a problem. But you know, for some people like me and like you, we need an actual full-blown computer to do effectively what we need to do. Yeah. That's that's right, and and the problem as well is that is that on mobile devices, and I'm talking iPads, iPhones, and Samsung or Google devices now, when you're filling forms in on the web, it sometimes doesn't work well. Um, Correct, and it's something to do with the, with the way mobile web browsers render things, um, and and 
you know, you until you go to a website and try it, you never know. <laughs> That's the problem. <clears throat> and sometimes they'll make a backend change and a website that worked fine last week, all of a sudden now you can't, you know, you can't you click on a field and you can't spin spin down to the things you need to to click on. We've all been there and done that with these. And and that what do you do then? You put your phone down and then you go and find a, a web browser on a computer and you try it there. And ninety nine percent of the time when you do it on the computer it works fine with no problem whatsoever. <laughs> so yeah. may, maybe what they need to do is just have a virtual computer browser mode on on these mobile devices. You know, and a little that's bit interesting. A, yeah. You know, you could have a effectively a virtual machine that just runs the full desktop version of Google Chrome or looks like it does to the website and then you use that and then uh, a little bit of I, I would say you probably would want maybe some mouse support on that um and all devices would probably need to be able to support a usb external monitor so you could blow that up but then you'd have a have a device that you could probably do for an awful lot of things there's oh. so much stuff you can do on the web now yes yeah i mean i think probably most businesses have moved to a lot of that web-based applications because yeah because it's cross-platform that, yeah. that is precisely why you do it and also you don't need to install software on the local computers which is a pain in the ass mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent um you had something else in the notes what was that i did yeah so um and this kind of is tangentially related to what we were just talking about uh, you know it's a right tool for the right job type thing i took a genuine digital camera away with me rather than using just my iphone do they even sell those things anymore they do. They're not as many as they used to. And and it's interesting, actually, most of the ones that, that, that are sold nowadays aren't the kind of the pocket cams that you and I used to buy. You know, the compact cameras. Most of the time now, they're what they call a mirrorless mirrorless digital camera. And basically, it's a it's an SLR, but they took the, uh, SL, the SLR bit out. So instead of having... Yeah. yeah. Used to be used to be with a with a high end camera like a Nikon or a Canon, you'd look through the viewfinder and you were actually looking through the lens through a mirror. And what would happen is when you took the picture, the mirror would pop out of the way and expose the sensor behind the mirror and take the picture. And that's what single lens re digital single lens reflex DSLR meant. Nowadays they've got rid of that and they, they use what they call mirrorless cameras because they don't have a mirror. Uh, and you have an electronic view screen, uh, either on the back of the camera or through the general eye hole that you would used to use, uh, and you are still looking. You're looking at a digital image that's on the sensor, and then you press the button and take the picture. But they have the same advantages that the SLRs did, in that you can swap the lenses and put different lenses on for different functions. So the reason I took this camera away with me was because um, I was doing two trips while I was on the ship. I was going when we were in Gibraltar. We took a trip to go out to the. Um, the uh, the Gibraltar Strait between Gibraltar and Africa because there are dolphins there and they have trips that take you out to see pods of dolphins. Uh, and so I wanted to take pictures of that. I didn't really want to be hanging over the edge of the boat with my phone <laughs> because, yeah, that's a good way to lose your phone into the bottom of the Mediterranean yeah, Sea. Yeah, pretty quick yeah? too. Uh, and um, so I didn't really want to do that. And the but look, I'm, I love my camera. I've got an iPhone 14 Pro Max. It takes fabulous pictures. And the computational photography built in there is amazing. So for portraits, for um, inside shots, for all sorts of things like that, it's fab fabulous. For video, it's brilliant. Yeah, But there are some things it's just not good at. Zooming is one of them. 
because it has a a tiny zoom lens in it that's you know does uh, two times and then on the Pro Max you got a, a three times zoom that uses a different camera that's noticeably worse than the main camera. Yeah, and the thing is, even a two time or a three times zoom just isn't going to cut it when you're doing things like you know looking at dolphins, which might be a hundred feet away from you, they might be right under the boat. The second trip we took was to some caves massive like two kilometer cave system that they have in spain um on an island in spain called the caves of juac and um they're all millions literally millions of stalactites and stalagmites as you walk through these caves it's amazing it's like if you imagine the um the sort of caves that you, you remember that cave in um, Empire Strikes Back where they fly the Millennium Falcon into, yeah. and it turns out to be a creature. Yep. Well, it, this place is like a real one of that, but nicer. <laughs> well, I would hope and, so. It doesn't have, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. So it, it was amazing. Inside. It was amazing. But the thing is, wait, did it have like, Minox inside? Uh, I didn't see any Minox, but maybe they were. Uh, it was a hot day. Maybe those, they thing, were, those like, things. Those things are nasty. They yeah. suck right on the power converters. It's a pain in the ass. Exactly. Hands. Yeah. So I was going down there. Now I thought to myself, I don't know how the iPhone will cope with that, because what tap, tends to happen with the iPhone in a in a dark environment is sometimes you click the button and it takes a great picture straight away, and other times you click the button and it goes as it's doing a three-second exposure. And then if anything's moving or anything like that, it tries to fix it, but it doesn't look that good. So I wanted decent photos, and I didn't want to have to wrestle with the iPhone in these caves. So I, I decided I was going to take a proper camera, a, DSLR, a mirrorless DSLR, uh, and have a couple of lenses appropriate for that. So I had a, um, a 40 to 200 zoom lens when we, when we did the dolphins. And the, the advantage of the mirrorless cameras is nowadays they, are, they work like a phone, you can leave them in full automatic if you don't want to mess with the settings. And they can, with a one press of a button, they'll take a photo. Another press of a button, they'll take 15 or 20 photos in one go. Another press of a button, and it switches a video and it shoots video. So you've got all the same advantages, but you've got something you can grip in your hands and you have the zoom lens so you can actually adjust the focal length to actually get right in on what you want. And a 200 millimeter zoom gets you right into the middle of the action. So I've, I've, I've not processed them all yet, but I know from when I was there on the day, I got some amazing dolphin photos. And then when I went down to the cave, I switched to a, a fast fixed length lens, 25 millimeter, which is like a, a wide angle lens that kind of looks on this camera that the, the way the scene does to your eye, it looks about the same size. But being a, a, an f1.8 lens means that I could put it in aperture priority mode, leave that aperture wide open. And that meant I could basically... Uh, snapshot because I never had to worry about the amount of light because the combination of uh, having a wide open aperture and a fast um, ISO setting on the camera means that you get good shots even though it's very dark and then obviously if you point it at something that's brighter the camera accommodates for that as well but the thing is I didn't have to wrestle with that thing where sometimes like the iPhone does where it, it goes into night vision mode and it, it's going to take two seconds and it's going to ruin the shot and also as well I was walking down rock paths the same thing if you drop your iphone on that it's going to be a bad day um (laughs) yeah yeah whereas with a with a a camera they're designed to be held with your finger over the controls and i had a a, like a side grip on mine so actually um the strap went over my hand as i wrapped around it and that basically means you can move your hand wherever you want and the camera's not going to fall out um you've always got your fingers wrapped around the grip and you've got something tight holding it to your hand um and that just makes it much more secure 
So I felt that for those two particular functions, it was worth having a proper camera. And, that you know, the thing is, these, the one I've got is an Olympus. It uses the Micro Four Thirds system, which is smaller than what Canon and Nikon use. But these nowadays, these cameras, they're not much bigger than the old compacts. They really aren't. They're quite heavy. They're not, they're not heavy. They're quite light. They're quite, um, they're, I won't say they're pocketable, because obviously you've got a lens sticking off the front. Sure. You can you can get pancake lenses that make them like a compact camera, um, but they're, they're not hard to handle. They're very easy to slip into a small bag. I had a small 20-litre backpack, um, and I would just put it in there when I wasn't using it, and it was fine. Uh, it really wasn't. It's not like, you know, the old days when you would be weighed down with kit and lenses and batteries. The battery life on these things is like a thousand shots each or something. So you, you just charge it in the morning, take it out. You don't need to worry about the battery. And also as well, the advantage is you don't need to wor- worry about draining the battery on your phone and then not being able to take pictures because your phone is nearly flat. Um, I took some stuff with my iPhone as well to compare um, and some of the photos in the case in particular came out really well on the phone. But again, it was that that handling and that ability to know that effectively any time I took a shot, it was going to take it straight away and I wasn't going to have to wait for it to do any, um, you know, machine learning jiggery pokery. Um, it just, made, just meant the whole trip was much easier because I always find people with camera phones is that they spend they go to they go to one of these things like go to a concert or something like that and watch the entire thing through their phone because yep. they're holding it up all the time. With I didn't have to do this. I was able to take a couple of pictures, put my camera down on the side, and actually enjoy the environment I was in with my family and that sort of thing without you know constantly staring at through um, through a phone screen, which is what I saw an awful lot of other people doing down there. By the way, those listening to the show, if they looked at their screens. It is called Minoc. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, it we, you can see where they probably got the inspiration for those sort of scenes. Yeah, right? you, well, you, every, they. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you're down there. It's even though it was. I mean, Europe. Europe's been in the mid grip of a really bad heat wave, um, and you know it was 38, 39 degrees centigrade up on the surface. It was cool down there. It was very damp and moist because. The stalactites and stalagmites are formed by dripping water through limestone. Right. So you know, um, so everything had that kind of that um, you know slightly moist patina on it. You know, um, you very much f- felt like you know, yeah, there must be things living down here that I don't want to meet. Eyeless, <laughs> um, eyeless fish, and uh, you know, bats, echolocating bats, and all that sort of thing. Actually, I didn't. Say, I don't know whether the uh, Spanish government cleared them all out because I would imagine originally creatures lived in there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah. For the end of the show here, let's uh, talk about a significant event that happened that just blows my mind. And we've discussed it ad nauseum, but between the last show and this show, Elon Musk and his infinite (laughs) wisdom. Look, he spent how many billions to buy Twitter? I don't even remember. $44 billion. $44 billion. What is Twitter? Okay, so it's a social media app that was losing trust with users, let's be honest. Um, They they had been seeing for a while a decrease in user activity, an increase in hate speech. Um, There were problems. And the current Twitter... 
yeah, very much affected by the high level of use of your former president. Yes. I think it's really, well, and, really start the rot, rot been going on for a long time, but that really legitimized the rot. Yeah, it, it allowed hate speech to be accepted by yeah. a lot of people. All of a sudden, it's fine to be racist again. Yeah. Um, but putting politics aside, it, it, there were many problems with Twitter. And so some thought when Elon Musk coming in with his billions and taking it over and most likely taking an active role in the management and what Twitter's going to become, some people were optimistic. I wasn't, but who cares what I think? A lot of people were. I think more people were not. And he did some pretty stupid things, in my opinion, right at the beginning. And it just continued. But what is Twitter? What, what did he buy? I would argue he bought the name. He bought a brand. Right, which is the name. Yeah, a platform. But the platform doesn't mean anything without the brand. Because anybody could create a Twitter and, you know, the technology isn't unique. He he bought a brand. The the brand and the platform kind of are related to each other. Um, You know, the the brand drives the platform, the platform drives the brand. Um, Elon Musk appears to know nothing about either of those things no um and uh and yeah he's decided to uh abandon the brand uh, and rename it to his favorite letter he names everything x yeah space x uh paypal originally was supposed to be x pay yeah yeah he's obsessed with even one of his kids is called x i mean this is literally like a seven-year-old you know because when you're seven and you like something yeah, you want to slap that on everything. You slap stickers on your library books. You slap uh, the posters on your walls. It's just like you know, this is the coolest thing ever. And that's how he's behaving. It's like X is X is so cool. Yeah, and and yeah, he knows nothing about branding because he's basically abandoned a brand that everybody knows into something that's complete. Even if it was cool, and I'm using air quotes, Dude, it, there. it's it's worse than that. Think about how many websites. Have a Twitter button on it. Well, it, well, yeah. Uh, news, newsflash for you. Um, he broke those because you've got to pay for the API. We had this on my company just the week before I left. The um, the lady who runs marketing came to me and said, um, "So we have a, a a function on our website that um, shows all our latest uh, tweets for the company." And she says it stopped working. Um, can you have a word with the IT support people? who are a third-party company, and see if we can figure out why. And I said, I don't – she said, oh, they've been going, that maybe we need to update a component, this, or a uh, WordPress. I said, no, I know exactly why. Said, because um, Moss turned off the API unless you pay. And so I said – she said, well, how much would it would it be? I said, well, I don't know, but it's, you know, it's, certainly, it's certainly not zero. Uh, and I said, you need to decide – I said, and then the thing is as well, is, is he may decide to change the charges to the API, desperate for money. I said, you need to decide how important it is to have that on our web page because we're going to have to pay for it now. And she said, oh, I guess it's not that important. Right. But the thing is, there was no notification. There was no, if no, I hadn't known working. that, yeah, it just stopped working. And loads of people, including our IT support company, had no idea why because he's just pulled the plug. Yeah. So again, that's another example. But the thing is, yes, everyone talks that everyone knows what Twitter is. Every even non-technical people know what Twitter is. Everyone knows what a tweet is. You can't call them a tweet now because they're not called Twitter. So how do you refer to uh, 
um, something on Twitter, an X post. Well, now it sounds like something you write on a, on a, um, a free on a Pornhub website. Yep. An X post. Yeah. And a video on Twitter is now an X video. Well, that definitely sounds like is porn. It's the stupidest thing ever. And it just goes to show that if you have a lot of money and you are surrounded by yes men and you are nowhere near as clever as you think you are, you can continue to make stupid decisions and burn through gobsmackingly large amounts of money. And that's what he's doing. I don't don't understand it at all. You had one of the most recognizable brands on the planet and you destroyed it. Yeah. Why? You drove your advertisers away. Yeah. You drove your advertisers away. I mean, he said he wants to make it the free speech platform, but apparently it's only free speech if it's free speech he agrees with. Otherwise, he bans you or he gets rid of you. Yep. The the guy the guy who had um the uh, the Twitter handle X. He just, they just you know, stole it from him. Yeah, they just said no, that's ours now. Yep. Yeah. Screw you. There was there was somebody else who had um at music. Is that an ice cream right. truck? Because I'm getting yeah, it's an ice cream, ice cream truck, truck just gone yeah. past. Yeah. <laughs> Will you give me? A, I want um, something with peanuts and caramel. Well. Given the weather at the moment, do you want something with rain in it? Uh, British rain. Yeah, well, it's raining here today too. So, <laughs> He's a yeah. very, very optimistic ice truck, ice truck driver. Got that guy. He comes here no matter what the weather. I don't blame. Hey, um, good for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go get him, dude. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I just, it's really hard to understand. Yeah, the app music thing. The guy had app music for about twenty years. He built a loyal following. I don't think he was particularly doing very much with it, but he had quite a lot of followers. And they, again, they just said, "Oh yeah, that's ours now." Oh, uh, what did? <laughs> now Elon said he that. wants to build this into you know people pay for stuff with Twitter. He wants to make it WeChat. But here's a problem: nobody, I don't care how far right or left you are politically. No one trusts trust Twitter. Nobody. You're going to put your, your credit card in Twitter? Really? Good luck with that. Look, Facebook is a perfect example of this. Yeah. Know, Facebook is, is, is the closest thing in the West to that side of thing because it yes. has so many It has a marketplace. It has, yeah, okay, it has events. Yeah, and, it got Instagram for photos. And, and, you know, obviously they've got their own threads thing now. Um, but the point is, is that, is that, most people distrust Facebook. Yep. People distrust Google, who also has a whole variety of services. That for the same reasons is like you can't rely on a single source provider to maintain the thing you like using about it. Yeah. And we've seen this with with Musk. He's completely utterly unreliable. And if he, as I was just saying with the API, if he decides something he doesn't like it anymore, it doesn't even need to be for a good business reason. He just cuts it. Yep. So. Suppose you start, he starts building this up, and two years down the line, he realizes that X pay, yeah, isn't going anywhere. He'll just cut it. And if yep. you've built your business around supporting that, then you'll be, uh, you know, screwing up a wall, frankly. Yep. Yeah. And and so why would anybody trust other? There's a big movement in the US at the moment and over here in the UK to try and regulate big tech. They're getting too powerful, they're getting too involved, you know, they, they're, getting, they're getting too arrogant. So why in that environment would you think it's a good idea to take, I'm going to take this thing that's one thing and I've ruined it, and now I'm going to turn around and say, I'm going to build it into this other thing that everybody else who's doing the same thing says they don't like. And I'll tell you why. It's because he's an arrogant, narcissistic prick. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He, and he, he is. He, he is. He, yeah. 
He is the epitome of somebody who got his money from his daddy. Um, and I think uh, I, I, I honestly think initially, especially when he bought into Tesla and stuff, I think he had good instincts, and I think he had a good vision, and I think he really did think he was doing good stuff. I really do believe yeah. that. But when somebody becomes this powerful and rich, with surrounded by nothing but yes men. It's never going to end well, and I think that oh, we're yeah. seeing that firsthand with Elon yeah. Musk. I think I think the difference with PayPal, um, SpaceX, and Tesla, which are the three successes he's had, is that uh, let's face, re- let's not rewrite history. He didn't originate any of the ideas behind. No, he companies. bought into them. He, he bought into them. But what with what his he daddy's is cap- gem mining? Yeah. with but what, basically what, slave labor. What he is capable of doing is getting behind some sort of vision and then singularly pursuing it and making it happen. Um, and there's no doubt that you know Tesla has has enabled the EV car market because nobody thought it was viable until Tesla came along. And you and I have talked many times about how we don't think Tesla are great cars, and um, you know they are, have a whole load of regulatory problems at the moment that also come from class action lawsuit now because they yeah. were lying about range. Yeah, exactly, and and that also again comes from Elon's disdain for a lot of a lot of things, but SpaceX as well has has quite literally transformed space travel, and that will be huge. That is a that is an uh, something that will resonate through the future. If but if this the, is but that's the, the one company he seems to have the most hands off approach to. Exactly. Yeah, and the, but the difficulty I think is he's, is he decided to get into Twitter on a whim kind of went too far trying to back away from it it's perfectly obvious he has no idea in what he's doing and he thinks he's all he's all that and he's not so this is the problem is this is the example a perfect example of rudderless direction where every morning he gets up and goes i've suddenly decided this might be a good idea yeah and then he then everyone around him yeah as as we know everyone has to agree with them otherwise he fires them yep so you know it's just the only thing i could say is it's not our money's burning, um, and and I think actually society in general can do without Twitter as as it was. So from that point of view, you know, let him get on with it. But uh, every single thing he does is just um, well, much like somebody else who once um, got into got into a position of power and then astonished us with the the badness of his decisions and the stupid things he said. Um, you know, it, it's just every time you think you've reached a new low then he goes hold my beer it's unbelievable i i don't understand what the guy's doing he seems completely unhinged but what are you gonna do yeah i mean all the power is his i i feel i the only things i do feel sorry for the people who weren't there because you know i think they are i think it must be horrible working there now and i think a lot of people who'd whether you liked Twitter or not, had spent a lot of time and energy like working for the company and trying to make it what it was. You basically just got tossed out the door. Yeah. Um, you know, and also as well, I'll tell you who else I feel sorry for. I feel sorry for anybody who's got any sort of business relationship with Twitter, because obviously, um, he, you know, we know now that because he's desperate for cash, he won't pay his bills. Um, you know, he he he's just literally he's it's a, it's a forty four billion dollar company, or at least it was, and then he's turned around stiffing people on paying uh, hosting charges and rent uh, and severance packages he's promised them and all of these other things. I mean, the guy is just 
he's just a despicable human being, you know. Not to take anything away from what what you feel about any of the achievements he's achieved, yeah, the point is he's clearly shown us that he's a despicable, horrible human being. And that's no mean feat in today's society when we're surrounded by a lot of horrible people. It's almost (laughs) funny, though. It is, yeah. But the thing is, it's it's like it's like everything nowadays. It's like you you read it and you think, well, uh, that that would look like an, a headline from the Onion. You know, it looks like a parody. It, and and then it's you find not. Out, no, it it's is true. a parody. It <laughs> He's is parodying a parody. himself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly my point. He's a yeah. parody of himself at this point. W- where do you think this ends? I think Twitter's going to go under eventually. Oh, I'll I be amazed so. if think, it's here two years from now. I think it's circling the drain because uh, you know it has such debts. And and it it can't survive financially with the way it's being run. I, I mean, think he's going to lose. Probably his... was always going to be difficult anyway. Yes, but uh, but I think the other thing is a lot of that debt is propped up by Tesla stock, and um, you know what? Tesla's not looking so hot either at the moment. Right. You know, there's a lot of pressure on Tesla. If a margin calls whole... happen against him, and I don't know yeah. if that's what they call it he, or not, but if yeah. they call his loan, yeah, they're going to take the his whole... Tesla stock. They're going to take Twitter. I, I, I guess it, it is. and and depending on how his financial arrangements could take SpaceX as well. I mean, the whole thing could implode like a like a deck of cards because yep. we know that the way a lot of these big billion dollar deals are structured is kind of like a Ponzi scheme anyway. It all relies on the fact that everyone never calls for their money back because they're hoping eventually their investment will grow. And anytime somebody does call in their marker, then all of a sudden you need cash. And um, I don't think Elon has a lot of cash. Um, I don't know. You know, I, and, and I, the I, asset he's got, the assets he's got aren't worth the cash he's bought. No, it's, it's going down big time. Twitter is worth less than twenty billion dollars apparently now, and he paid forty-four billion for it. You know, that's a that's a lot of green to find if somebody says, "Oh, I want my money back." And they're they're eventually going to get tired of the antics, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Somebody yeah. at one of these big banks is going to say, "You know what? We need our money now." Yeah. I mean, I don't know how he gets away with what he's getting away with. I mean, he's not even paying half the stuff that he's supposed to be paying with Twitter. He's just not doing it. I mean, it just makes me, every time he threatens somebody with a lawsuit, I just think to myself, which legal firm would take that job on? Because you know you're not going to get paid if if you don't win. Right. Yeah? So who would do that work? Nobody. You know, to get associated with a, a toxic person like Elon, yeah, and then... Run the risk that you're not going to get paid at the end of it. Screw that. Yeah. Well, I mean, all you got to do is look at Trump for that. He's got jokes of lawyers because they're the only people that will take his business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and think and about he, this. He's oh, he's an ex-president of the United States of America, and he has clowns as lawyers because yeah. real lawyers are like, this guy's screwed. I don't want anything to do with this toxic and, not only that, and we won't I mean, get paid. Yeah. Uh, well, not only that. I mean, I... I I'm I'm assuming that it's not strictly legal to use campaign contributions to fund um, defense uh, fund legal defenses for things related to things that aren't well because they're know, not I'd, it's not it's not campaign contributions it's um, he set up a donations. pack for that but the problem is the people that are supporting him are too dumb to realize what he's doing well, that he's I guess so. but I'm not being I'm not saying anything bad about them other than they're super gullible and have no idea. I mean, yeah. there's people that say even if he's convicted, they'll vote for him. What are you stupid? You're yeah. just stupid at this point. Yeah. And, and that's not an American thing. That's a 
worldwide, you got just as many yeah. dumb people. I, I listen oh, to the talk get, shows yeah. in the UK. You guys have the dumb yeah. people too. It's know, everywhere. We have, yeah, we have we have a lot of them here too. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's it, it's definitely spreading. And, um, yeah, we, we, we probably have a more perceptive media than you do, but they, they, they fall into some of the same traps. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot of people who don't even listen to any of the media. They've just decided on their opinion and that's it. And that is a worldwide, as you say, a worldwide problem. But um, you know, I, I to me, I, I, I saw something on Mastodon the other day. So they said, which is more likely, the Democrats have taken over the Justice Department, the uh, all the law enforcement, all the state state attorneys, yeah, and they are compelling them to go after Trump for political reasons when he's done nothing wrong, and the evidence has all been faked. That's that's one side of the argument. Or on the other side is he actually did all these things and deserves to be punished for it, you know. And if you think that actually the conspiracy is the easiest thing to do, well, you know. Uh, about yeah. a week after X Commander, the popular at X account from longtime Twitter user, blah blah blah, another user has reported that as just keep X talking for a taken, second. Yep, um, at music has been taken from a guy. Sixteen years ago, this is being reported in uh, Ars Technica. Sixteen years ago, I created at music. And have been running it ever since, says Jeremy Vaughn, director of engineering at the nonprofit Life Happens, posted on X. Just now, Twitter slash X just ripped it away. Super pissed. Um, Vaughn told ours that he created the at music account in 2007 as a way to promote independent music being performed live in Second Life. Uh, for those who don't know what Second Life is, Google it. It's. But he has um, been using this account. He's a software developer. He's coming up ways to use the audience and Twitter and all. He's been leveraging this account for, well, since 2007. Um, he's had buyers come to him. The best he's got was a $5,000 offer, but he just thought there's more value in keeping it. X now has just taken at music, just taken it. <laughs> just at music, nope. It, it they they just taken it yeah you know it's uh it's it's look is it their right to do that if they want to do that that's fine but the, the, no it's not fine it, well it's not it's not fine it's legally fine yes. you know it's their platform they can do what they want but the problem is this is this is them all over it's you take your people your most loyal customers and this is a guy who's still sticking with Twitter despite everything that's gone on in the last six to eight months and he's still using it and he's still on there and it's kicking him in the balls and saying yeah thanks thanks for your service but you know now this is ours right no offer of compensation although some joke offer of oh well, you can come to San Francisco and we'll give you a tour yeah and maybe we'll give you some merch well this guy you know, says <laughs> Vaughn who had the app music handle Vaughn is mostly a Musk fan as he is yeah. interested in Musk's electric car and space development. He said that his experience with X hasn't tainted his opinion of Musk or his... What are you, stupid? Yeah. You're just stupid. Dude, you're dumb. You're you're yeah. living in a little bit of a cult thing with Musk. Stop that, worshipping people who are bad people. That's Stop the problem. It. It, is, it is a personality cult. That's, yeah. that's the, the thing with Musk is exactly the same as it is with some of these other guys. It's a personality cult. And, um, you know, it's like when you when you when you live when you live like that and, and that's what you think of people then they can persuade you that anything they, they do could do wrong. no wrong yeah and and logic doesn't play into it at all 
No. David, you're here next week? Uh, I am, yeah. So COVID permitting. COVID permitting, yes. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week with the Geeks Pub. A lot of good stuff going on in the geek realm right now. I can't wait to talk about it, including yep. um, Star Trek Discovery, which has just been so phenomenal. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Strange New Worlds, which New has Worlds, been yeah. phenomenal. Marvel wrapped up Secret Wars. I don't know if you watched the whole thing. Secret Invasion, yeah. Secret Invasion, yeah. Not, uh, there's, there's time. Uh, I'm not going to get back. That's next week. So I'll see you next week, my friend. See you then.